Hello and welcome to the Cinemondo Podcast with Kathy, Mark, and Burke talking about movies, horror, sci-fi, unusual, unknown, forgotten, underappreciated, always interesting. Today we have um, a very special guest. Mark is off playing gigs with his punk rock band, I think. <laughs> you think people are still buying that? They don't think he really has a punk rock band? I don't think so. <laughs> well, anyway, that's what he says. So we have a special guest. Kathy, who's our guest? We have a special guest. All the way from jolly old England. <laughs> it's Lorna Sullivan. Yay. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> pip, pip, and cheerio. Pip, pip. We're just going to talk about Downton Abbey today. Because <laughs> that's all I know about England. What I'm telling myself today is keep calm and carry on. Yeah. This, this is making me nervous. That's not, is that British? <laughs> that's what everybody in, sort of in England thing? says. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it on doormats. And... Weren't there some bracelets with that on it? I don't know. <laughs> But you know what we're going to talk about? Something that us American people don't see enough of is British horror films. And they have just this amazing tradition of incredible films and and other types of scary things, too. I mean, I don't know if you grew up watching uh, Doctor Who and how scary the Daleks are. <laughs> Actually, uh, Doctor Who was my first nanny. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because my mom used to sit me down in front of the TV, and that's what I used to watch. And you were okay with it? It didn't scare you when they were exterminate? Do I look like it affected me? (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) I know my eyes are kind of looking at you strangely. Anyway. um, But they always talk about kids watching it from behind the couch, right? From, like, hiding behind the couch because the Daleks are coming. and Terrifying. Yeah. Was it scary to you? You know... I have to be honest, I was a very special child (laughs) because I didn't find it that scary. I really didn't find it scary at all. I was used to it. Yeah. You know? Um, I never found science fiction stuff scary either. I kind of didn't like the combination of scary and sci-fi, and I thought Doctor Who was almost sort of funny in a way. Yeah. But the voices, you know, that exterminate, that voice was creepy. I think that's what creeped people out. I love that. I, yeah, I love. I came too. into Doctor Who late. I'm not a cool Doctor Who purist. Doctor Who, Doctor Hugh, here, Doctor Hugh. Hugh. That's Doctor a different Hugh's show. The American version. That's another British show no one's heard of. Um, <laughs> I came into it late when uh, it was remade with Stephen Moffat. Oh, and, right. You know, Tenet and all that. I love right. him. So those are I got great. the super yeah. glossy good ones. So when I tried to go back and watch the other ones, I'm like, nope. No, I can't it's, do like, it. it's like going back to the original upstairs, downstairs. It yeah. looks so cheap. It, it, it looks so cheap. But that oh. those are actually my favorite. And They're great. Yeah. I think if you grew up, yeah. it's like, I love Dark Shadows. And yeah. like, I remember that just, it just blew my mind. And when I go back to watch, I try to watch it and I keep watching it in little bursts. Right. Yeah. But it's so cheap looking. And you lose interest. Every once in a while, there's it's a moment. so slow. Yeah. Oh. And but you have to you have to wade yeah. through all the constant you know Ugh. looks and the yeah. the musical stings and somebody turning their head and well, how long it takes for a plot line <laughs> to go anywhere like yeah. getting to the bar like when they'd say let's all meet here it would take like four episodes right. before they actually got to the bar and I love that oh I yeah. loved it I'm so bewitched. television can be slow yeah. and I know that for an American audience that can be very aggravating. But for me, I mean, I just love it. I do, too. There's a pacing. There's an intelligence to it. They don't hold your hand and tell you what's happening. Exactly. One thing I was... The example that I think is great, we've all seen Downton Abbey. There's a scene in a later later episode where Tom, who is no longer the chauffeur, and uh, Mary are going to a meeting, some real estate meeting, and he holds the door open to the car for her. And it's a... You know, you're thinking back like years ago when he was the chauffeur, yeah. but they ca- but in the show they say nothing about it. He just opens the door of the car for her, and then they they share a little smile. Yes, and she gets into the car. That that personifies British the British television idea to me because it's not mm-hmm. telling you. If that was on American television, he would have said, "Oh, Mary, remember when I was the chauffeur and I used to open the car door for you? This is like that." It would have been a flashback. Yeah, right. <laughs> a dissolve to a shot yeah. of him opening the door with a sad music. And then this big close-up of them sharing a look about it. The yeah. eyes meet. Yes. <laughs> a chauffeur moment. You guys but are so there's... anti-America. 
Not very I love good American patriots. stuff too, but <laughs> but you can't you can't deny the appeal of the uh, British horror I films and things. Like we we were talking earlier about Hammer films. Hammer. Mm. And anybody who knows anything about horror movies has to know about Hammer films. They're classics. Yeah. What's your first Hammer film? Well, Dracula. Right. Yeah, me too. Christopher Lee. Christopher Dracula. Lee. The best Dracula, I think, that has ever been on screen. It's a violent Dracula, too, yeah. compared to the America, the older black and white universal Bela Lugosi type things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was suddenly, suddenly we see a vampire in color. Suddenly the blood is red. Very red. Very ha- I red. I call it. Hammer red. Yes. And I oh, think yeah. they should come out with a makeup right. line. Hammer red <laughs> lipstick. I would nail buy that polish, so fast. Everything. Because <laughs> that's the best horror red ever. You hear us it out there, so beauty experts. Up. Yeah. Yes. Hammer red. Mac. But it's those movies were classics. They were gothic. They were mysterious. They they were a lot of them. I think almost all of them were were period films. They were set in mm-hmm. old olden times. Mm-hmm. And it was always Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and a whole bunch of other great actors mm-hmm. in those things. But I think Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee are mostly, you know, identified with the the Hammer horror. They're the icons yeah. of that genre, I think. Uh, absolutely. In the the Hammer heyday, there couldn't be a Hammer film without Christopher Lee right. and Peter Cushing together. Yeah. <laughs> together, yeah. You know, um, I used to think that. There were no Christopher Lee movies without Peter Cushion. Right. Or, or Peter Cushion films without Christopher Lee. When I saw them separately, I was confused. Yeah. Like, what happened? Like, where's the other yeah. one? Yeah, where's the other one? <laughs> they seem like partners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they work so well. One of them is, you know, kind of small and a little bit frail. The other one is a giant, you know. Yeah. So in the Frankenstein films, um, Christopher Lee was the Frankenstein monster. So yeah. he was this lumbering six foot something mm-hmm. creature, and meanwhile Peter Cushing is the you know conniving Doctor Frankenstein, who was actually one of the cool things about the Frankenstein movies is that Peter Cushing played Doctor Frankenstein as this evil person. I mean, there's one one I think the first one where he needs a brain, he invites this professor over to the house. And says, oh, I'd like to show you a painting at the top of the stairs. Come take a look. Now, you have to stand back a little bit more. (laughs) Clunk. Yeah. (laughs) So he has a brain for the monster now. But, of course, it's it's damaged. But, you know, he was only doing it to help out mankind. That's right. His heart was in the right place. (laughs) His heart was in the right place. (laughs) And hopefully the brain was in the right place. And the the legs were in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I liked him, too, because he was such a weasel. Like, this is, you know, with his white coat and his little skinny, everything about him was so, like, angular. And he just, oh, he was just so great. Just the perfect look. Yeah. But don't, don't, uh, he, he looked frail right but he did all his own stunts right at the beginning because they couldn't afford to have stunt people right Right. (laughs) you know and i could not have kept up with him and he was what in his late 60s or in his 60s something like that yeah yeah jumping on tables and jumping down into graves and into graves and ice pits (laughs) jumping into graves yeah But those are the the classics. There's one called Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed that I think is a not just a great title for a film, but a really interesting psychological film. Yeah. There's a lot of tragedy in it where the guy who's been, you know, resurrected by Dr. Frankenstein is trying to figure out how to confront someone from his past, even though he's in a different body now. His brain is in a different and he's horrible looking, you know. And there's all the sadness about that idea. And, and the idea of vampires being kind of not just cool and, you know, scary, but also kind of sad because everybody they know and love dies, but they live on. Yeah. yeah. That's right. They kind of address that a little bit in The Hunger. Not that that's, you know, Hammer, but right. they talk about like outliving all of your relationships. Yeah. yeah. It's all very sad. 
I'm so sad now. Excuse I'm me. Sad. I'm, I'm really While bummed. I reach for a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> poor Frankenstein. But, poor Dracula. I know. Well, that's you part know, of the story. But then they had, you know, Michael Sarah's and became the hot Frankenstein in that movie. That, the Frankenstein, the true, true story. story. Which, you know, now we're going to make him good looking <laughs> because they have this whole, like, subtext between the love affair between Dr. But that's more like the book, you know. In the book, yeah. he, was, he was attractive and sort of gradually became Very charismatic. But I thought Christopher Lee was pretty. I did too. You know, sexy Dracula. He was, and he was supposed to be. I mean, it was yeah. actually the first time they decided to make him seem very appealing. Yeah. You know, uh, English people. You know, there's not the Brad Pitts. It's the Christopher Lees and <laughs> right. the cushions we go for. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he's so. Cute. But he was so elegant. But, he has um, such good manners. Yeah, he had those manners. I, he was so elegant. And I mean, with that voice, if he says, let me bite your neck. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Who, I'm there. Who's not going to do that? <laughs> who's not going to do that? Wouldn't well, he asked much. so nicely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I remember kids, when we were in, you know, in America, we watched their afternoon uh, Dark Shadows. And I remember all the girls were in love with Barnabas. Yeah, There's something yeah. attractive about the idea of a vampire. You know, we've talked about that. On He's the show a bad before, boy. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is very strange that appeal. I don't know whether it's the confidence or just the way you see them. Basically, you know, having everyone in his thrall, you just kind of yeah. want to go along with it. Yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Could be the hypnotism too. Oh yeah, yeah. there is that like glamour. Yeah, <laughs> the claw hand. Look yes. at my hand. <laughs> Do my bidding. Me. But yeah, that uh, he was. You know, kind of the first semi-sexy vampire, appealing, you know, vampire that, you know, women, before he even glammed them, were kind of like just enthralled with it because he was so smart and so eccentric and interesting. And even the characters in the films are sort of fascinated by him. And you can see some of the characters like, why are you fascinated by him? You know, paying him all this attention and not me. Yeah. But he's interesting. He's so interesting. <laughs> he's a count. For yeah, he's sake. a count. He's wealthy. Who wouldn't be interested in a count? There's always the boyfriend off to the side wondering why his girlfriend's so in love with this guy, this yeah. old guy oh, so who wears like the tuxedo everywhere. And you're yeah. like, why? What yeah. are you doing? Well, and that cape. What's with the cape? <laughs> prob- she's pro- they're probably like, you know, well, he- sorry, honey. He has a, he has a castle <laughs> uh, and a ship. Yeah. And a darn good mausoleum. That's yeah. true. Yeah, well, we He's can, set up. He's yeah. set up. <laughs> good mausoleum. That's what I look for in a man. He knows yeah. so much about really history. Really nice too. mausoleum. He's so well educated. He knows everything about it's, history. It's almost like he was there. Exactly. Like he experienced <laughs> how it many? Person. How many Dracula movies was Christopher Lee in? Do we know the number? Because they did a bunch of them, and I'm trying to think: was he in all of them as Dracula, or was he in a certain genre of? You know, he was not films. in all of them, but no. there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Hammer um, Dracula films. Mm-hmm. And is he in all of them? He's not in all of them. Okay, I think he did the first one, and the first one was so successful, and uh, then he kind of dropped out. For a few years, and then came back for Prince of Darkness. There was, yes. The first one was 1958, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because it's such a. It, it, to me, it looks like a 60s film. Yeah, but it's 1950. Well, it's almost the 60s, I guess. Yeah, almost. That's almost the 60s. It was, what, yeah. Nine, yeah, 1958 was the first. Was Dracula? Yeah. yeah. And then. The before that actually the um, Curse of Frankenstein the first Frankenstein movie came before mm-hmm. their first Dracula movie mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. there was one two three four five six seven Frankenstein movies. See, we're learning along with everyone Look at else. That. This is a this is a this should be in schools. This should be a history class. Oh my god, I it would should take be. This class. I would get, I would get straight A's. First A ever class. How many Frankenstein movies did Hammer make? Seven. Seven. <laughs> But you know, there's another another film company in um, Britain that made horror films that people sometimes get mixed up with the Hammer films, and it was called Amicus, Amicus Productions, and it was actually started by um, a couple of Americans over there, but it was very British because it was all British cast and and a lot of the writers and directors, but they um, 
Their source material is interesting. They used American comic books as their source material. They took those old EC comics from the 50s, you know, like Tales from the Crypt. and I loved those as a kid. They were my thing. Oh, that yeah, Archie and Tales from the Crypt, I was set. Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. These are not part of the Amicus films. <laughs> But they, but Amicus adapted those comic book stories into their films, and they made these what they call anthology films, where each film has four or five stories that are kind of held together by a, th- a, a thread story that mm-hmm. connects them. And these I really remember seeing on television. Some of these were great. There was one called Asylum in 1972 and Tales from the Crypt, From Beyond the Grave. Do you remember these? I remember Tales from the Crypt because it had who? I believe Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they were there were so many great British actors in those, you know, like Herbert Lom and you know all these other, even Tom Baker, Doctor Who was in one. Yeah. But the um, the stories were so cool. They were those little short, um, almost like a night gallery, Twilight Zone kind of a short story. They always had kind of a twist at the end. Usually a really creepy twist, mm-hmm. you know, and a lesson, a lesson. Yes. Somebody gets their comeuppance. Yeah. But, but be nice. I think the imagery it's a morality in, um, lesson, they all are. There's something about the imagery. Remember, I always remember the, the guy who was trapped in the basement and there was this hallway. Mm-hmm. Someone was trying to torture him, you know, and they put him in this basement and they turned off the lights, but there was a hallway, a very narrow hallway that, that he had to go down the only to way to escape. get away from these hungry dogs, yeah. and the hallway was lined with razor blades. And they go through oh, the skinny I hallway. That oh. it was so horrifying. And uh. the one with the with the person who who murders someone, and they cut their body, and they cut the body up, and they wrap it like meat, and put it in the freezer, and then the body comes back to life. And so they look in the freezer, and all these paper wrapped packages are moving, and there's a hand so crawling good. across I the ground. So good. <laughs> They were, they were so like I guess they were like aimed at teenagers, <laughs> at the, yeah. the drive-in movie teenager types. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's where yeah. I saw that. Like, yeah, I remember. In a drive-in? I remember seeing those in the drive-in, like specifically House of Drip Blood. That was one, right? Um, I remember seeing that in the theater, and that title even stuck with me. I remember yeah. that thinking that movie was so scary. That was with the uh, private, the school, wasn't that the House of Drip Blood? I'm not sure. I think okay. I get a mix. I get the the, the connecting mixed stories up. mixed up. But, but I always all... remember with my family in the in the car watching these things going. Aah. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were I they love were the gory. titles. Yeah, I love yeah. The t- House of Blood from Beyond the Titles are spectacular. Yeah. Doctor Terror's you know? House of Horrors. There you go. I mean, sounds so cheesy, but it's just the best. So <laughs> good, and all the posters. The posters. I mean, the posters yeah. The posters. Yeah. Those those are the images that you remember. That I think Tales from the Crypt had a big skull with an eyeball in it. You know, yeah. and it was just blunt. You you know what you're getting. Oh yeah. <laughs> they did a film called Scream and Scream Again that I remember seeing the oh, poster I for. Oh, the, I remember that. Yeah. The 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 woman falling into a vat of acid. Yeah, <laughs> that haunted me. That yeah, visual. I remember looking at just in my head, like just obsessed with that creepy image. Like, what yeah. is happening? And then when I saw the movie, yeah. I'm like, well, that wasn't the same. It doesn't really no. happen like that in it the did. film. I was like dreading the whole movie, waiting for that scene. I'm like, well, and it never happened. What happened? Right, it's not very. Yeah, but it had <laughs> the you good know old what? days of advertising where you could just lie. Right. <laughs> hey, I think we're kind of back to those. I days, think we though. are kind of back to those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hmm. But yeah, that movie's right. interesting. Scream and Scream Again. It had Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, mm-hmm. Christopher Lee, and the funny thing is, they're never in a scene together. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what you're... <laughs> so it's almost like they got these guys and they shot their footage when they could get them in the schedule, you know. Yeah. And then they sort of stitched the movie together like a Frankenstein monster. And it was it was kind of obvious when there was a scene where the two of them are supposed to be in the same room and they're doing these cutaways from one to the other and you're like, these guys aren't in the same room. because they had the same kind of budget as right. Hammer, <laughs> yeah. which was no budget at all. It was yes. like filming what most of their movies took about six weeks and they had about, well, in the beginning, you know, like $30,000. Yeah. 
six weeks is a yeah. long time though long. for a low well, budget I guess film six, six weeks is a long time some of those roger six corman films were like time. six days yeah <laughs> just true. get in do it get out I love it. it was based on a book. I love the title of the book it's based on, The Disoriented Man. Yeah. It's like, what is that? <laughs> what does that even mean? Hmm. By Peter Saxon, which was like, apparently, like, they had this, like, name for a bunch of different authors. Yes. They were all different yeah. people writing these sort of the super cheesy books. But Robert Block, or Blotch, I think some people say Blotch, but I think it's Robert Block. Yeah. Block wrote, sounds better. He wrote, um, you know what he wrote? He wrote some pretty good stuff. I've heard the name. Like psycho. You put me on the spot. Oh, oh yeah, psycho. I was just about to say psycho. I was going to say psycho, but I thought that was <laughs> too just, obvious. Yeah, I'm but trying he to wrote, come more obscure. He wrote several of those Amicus films. He wrote Torture Garden, Asylum, The House That Drip Blood, and um, except for the Waxworks segment of The House That Drip Blood. <laughs> the Waxworks segment. He wrote the Waxworks. Yeah, That's who, my favorite section. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody named Russ Jones wrote that. Ross Jones. Oh, he's a genius. Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> he only had to write part of the movie. Yeah. But those were pretty fun. You know what's also interesting about Hammer? We always associate Hammer with the Frankenstein, Dracula. The and mummy. The, Don't and the mummy. the mummy. Right. I but, didn't like the mummy. I thought the mummy was too slow and he was not scary at all to me. Yeah, it was like sort it was of a lumbering. So easy to get away from him. Yeah, the, the the bandages were very constraining. <laughs> you wanted the mummy to be more like the zombies in The Walking Dead now, where the, they're the fast super ones. hyped up and they can run instead of just waddling. Yeah, I mean, why is that scary? There. It just you know when when he gets to you, how why you know. Well, he always does a sort of a karate chop. You yeah, it's know, like when he catches you. You got to be standing very still. Yeah, <laughs> you must you... not trip over the log, the log that's always Don't in the in the down. trail when you're running away from a from a mummy. There's exactly. always a log. No matter, he will chop you. Yeah, but no matter where you run to, thousands of miles away, he'll still keep walking until yes. he finds you. Like it follows. He will not stop. <laughs> the Terminators will have fallen off. But he'll find you. He's just a pile of dust kind of rolling yeah. along. <laughs> but they also made a, a werewolf movie, um, which is called Curse of the Werewolf, which is a um, a really great one because it's got, you know who's in it? Oliver Reed. Yeah. That was another crush for me. Like, I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? It's a little tiny child. <laughs> and I'm liking Christopher Lee and Oliver Reed, who are the most... And like, Dracula. And, yeah, Dra- Dracula. and Barnabas Collins. Like, especially Oliver Reed, who was su- always seemed very dangerous. Somehow. Yeah. Like, he looks like the kind of guy <laughs> who would problems. beat you. I don't think he did beat anyone. I'm not trying to slander his name. But he was a scary kind of guy. I have to admit, I had a little crush on him, too. Even in Burnt Offerings with Oliver Eddie Reed. Davis yes. that came much... Yes. Yes, very much. Came much later. We have, like, a big echo... I think this. Okay, I heard like ah ah. It's ah. a horror effect. I liked it though. You know. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Oliver Reed. We're Oliver. speaking to you from beyond the grave. Oliver. <laughs> but I did. I did. Oh. oh. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll continue. <laughs> Oliver Reed. <laughs> Let's do a séance and call back Oliver yeah. Reed and just talk to him. He'd just probably be very Oliver. abusive and mean to us. Yeah. <laughs> What are you bothering me for? Yeah, leave me alone. He was in The Devils, too, which oh, is another so good in classic yes. Ken Russell film. And super sexy. Well, in he that. started with he started with Hammer. Yeah. Oliver Reed started with Hammer. Um, Donald Sutherland started right. with Hammer. Yeah. Lots of big actors. I mean, you know, they may seem like these cheesy kind of cheap films. Well, maybe for a while they seemed like that, yeah. but I think now they're seeming like these. The people look at them like these wonderful classics. Yes, you know. But yeah, I love big people, big names. It's like they, they were sort of like the um, the British Roger Corman in a way, because when yes. you think about Roger Corman, it's like Jack Nicholson. There's so many people. Francis yeah. Ford Coppola mm-hmm. started with him. A lot of really great actors and filmmakers. They start out at the bottom, you know, mm-hmm. and. Unfortunately, the scary, you know, exploitation kind of films are considered to be the bottom of the ladder, but they're they're great training ground. I think. Well, I mean, Ambicus <laughs> produced the Doctor Who movies. Like, yeah. From yeah, just the few. I think there were two or three. With so who they produced those? Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> just say Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. To, to, be, to be quite honest with you, 
<laughs> I never used to know the difference. I just used to know, hey, those two dudes are in these films together all the time. And I knew both names. Right. I didn't know. It didn't matter to me what name which, which was, was what one, as long two as they were both in dudes them. In yeah. yeah, these two skinny English dudes. <laughs> Well, kind of similar. Peter Cushing played Doctor Who in the two Amicus Doctor Who films. But what's weird about it is they're not based on the Doctor Who show. He's no. actually, he's not an alien. He's a human whose yeah. name is Doctor Who, you know. Yeah. And he's a he's kind of a, interestingly Who? enough. Who was <laughs> Who was this? Peter Cushing? Who? Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Yeah. Say. Was that a running joke in the films? Yeah. Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's just do that for the rest of the uh, yeah. day. Let's make sure everyone turns this podcast off now. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to do any more <laughs> Who jokes. But he was... It, it was interesting... Had to be done. It's done. It's over. Don't forget. Don't worry. <laughs> that, they, that they're sort of standalone. They're not really Doctor Who. Mm. No, they're not. They're not based no, on the, film, the TV series. They're yeah. just sort of their own little thing. Mm-hmm. But they're they're fun. They're really fun. They they actually have Daleks and stuff. So they're they're kind of related. But they're what it's interesting about it is is kind of he's kind of a Doctor Quatermass type of a character. Yeah. And Hammer also did some really interesting non horror films that are science fiction that I really just love. The Quatermass films. There's one called Quatermass in the Pit. That my I, favorite. It's so absolutely good. a wonderful film. Terrifying. It's super scary. Yeah, it is a scary film, but it's sci-fi and supernatural um, sci-fi. Yeah. This weird yeah. mix. Yeah. Yes. And there were several of them. They were based on. There was a a guy, Nigel Neal, who wrote a um, a television series for the BBC. I think for in the old days, it was like a. Mm-hmm. It was a. Um, a serial, a BBC TV serial called The Quatermass Experiment by Nigel Neal, and it was really cheaply made. Yeah. And it was black and white, and it looked really kinescope. What I've, the only way you can see it now, I think it wasn't even preserved on film. You, I think you can actually see the teleplays now. Yeah. They have them now. Yeah. That you can see. The and they're really good. They're very well done. Yeah. But they're, there's no special effects hardly. And, but, the character of um, Bernard Quatermass was in uh, the movie Quatermass in the Pit, which I love. And uh, the Played Quatermass. By Mr. Kerr. Yes. Mr. Kerr. Yeah. Mr. Kerr. And the- <laughs> That's very proper. <laughs> yes, Mr. Cushing, Mr. Kerr, yeah. Mr. Sir Lee. Kerr. Yeah. That's so Sir. good to you. <laughs> <laughs> But then there was uh, the earlier ones uh, where Brian Donlevy played Dr. Quatermass, and there was all the controversy about him. The American man? Yes. Mm. The American, uh, allegedly extremely think. alcoholic man <laughs> that they had lots of trouble with on the set. And the Aww. the creator of the, of the character... Good actor, though. Yeah, very, he was very... Fun. He's a good actor. I like those movies. Especially for those types of films. Yeah. But apparently the creator of Dr. Quatermass hated him, didn't yes. like him. Uh-huh. And there's another movie that was supposed to be a Quatermass film called X the Unknown. And he said they were going to produce it as a Quatermass film. And Nigel Neal said, no, I don't want my character associated with that. So they had to change his name. So the doctor in that is uh, Dr. Royston, played by Dean Jagger. But those movies. Any relation to Mr. Jagger? Not that I know of. But those are really fun sci fi movies. They're kind of like hard sci fi, like old school sci fi, um, radioactive monsters and secret Mm. organizations underground aliens. Yes. Mummified, petrified (laughs) corpses that are a million years old and are related to us. Yes. Somehow. And And gave us our image of the devil. What the devil looks like. They were such a cool movie. The coolest ending to a film ever. And the scariest to me. Yeah. And Probably so cheaply done yeah. with a projection of a piece of paper with a devil-like um, insect. Like a shadow puppet almost. Yeah, like a yeah. shadow puppet. But it's the most terrifying thing. Yeah, I love it. You know? 
It's like this shadow puppet that comes up over London. Exactly. You know, <laughs> the fire. <laughs> and, but it's, but like you said, it's like, a, it's one of those images that burns into your brain. As yeah. If you see yeah. it as a child on television or, I still love that movie. I, I watched it not too long ago. It's really good. I love that film. And you know what? It's a very smart film. Yeah. There was a message in that yeah. film, you know, um, where where are we from? Who are the real monsters? Are we the real monsters that we're chasing? Yeah. Are we the scariest thing? We definitely um, are. We are. <laughs> Humans are the worst. That's been confirmed. Yes. <laughs> I think we're pretty much coming that the aliens will be the good guys if they came to Earth. Yes. Right. Yes. But, that's been settled. <laughs> Which know. is interesting. You know what? Science fiction ideas, how they change with the times. There's been a few science fiction books lately that I've read that have that as the premise. What you just said is there's a um, a Chinese uh, science fiction writer who did the book called The Three-Body Problem that I was talking about before. And basically the premise of that book is that they receive a message from aliens that say, we live on a really endangered planet. Our planet is falling apart, and we're looking for some place... To, to go, so do not respond to this message, <laughs> or or people here will find out about it, and we'll come invade and take away your planet. And there's people on Earth saying, you know what, I think we should do it, because we don't deserve this planet, maybe they'll do better than us. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. they should come and so they so somebody sort of sneaks in and sends this message oh shit and it's a it's a pretty cool book but that it's funny that, was that me by the way I yeah sent the message press the button i was with Help. you i was i was Help. fighting you for the first one to push the button yes <laughs> respond respond, respond. Now. but the best science fiction sort of you know yeah. addresses the times yeah you know you you get a little message in there too so what would you say is your favorite Hammer or Amicus film of the time that you remember the most and, and never get sick of? Just the one that kind of impacted you the most. What do you think your favorite is? Let me... Let me. Let's see. Let's peruse our <laughs> list let's of zo- Amicus. Yes. I don't want to pick too soon. Those. I know that like the one... Yeah. I have this one image burned into my brain, so I'm just going to say it's probably Taste the Blood of Dracula because I think that's the movie where he has the blood coming out of his eyes and uh. he's just looking at the camera like, wah. Yeah. And I just remember everyone in the show had the coolest clothes. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was the 70s. I think it was like 1970, I And think? it took place in the 70s. Yes. There was, so it was such 1972. a 1972. Cool, it's so good. So yeah. I just remember that, the blood coming out of his eyes and just my mind being blown. Yeah. So I, I think there's probably better films, but that film made that big, crazy, you know, emblazoned like print on my brain. They did do a few that, were, that weren't period, you know, that, were, mm-hmm. that took place in the Most present were, day. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, I, I'm surprised. The 1972 Dracula. That you, that's the one, you know, because I, I think that must have been the hardest one to do yes. to mix hippies, right? Yes. And it's like Austin Powers with Dracula. So people <laughs> doing the boogie Austin Power dance right. on the table, it's very Dracula in his clothes. So good. I'm trying to put those two images together in my mind right now. And I like but, that he yeah. was kind of out of step. Yes. And yeah. that was like, that was a cool that was context. Cool. The film was like, yeah. here's Dracula getting older with everyone, but he's not changing. So the yeah. fact that everyone's changing around him was a great idea yeah that's called yeah. dracula ad 1972 oh whoops wrong movie oh. but one of those movies <laughs> i know the one that you mean i mean i think i'm the 71 yeah taste the blood of dracula oh, or scars of dracula or taste the blood of dracula it's 1970 yeah i also love uh, taste that's a great one prince taste of darkness is a good one too i like dracula prince of darkness they're all good they're yeah they're all yeah. worth seeing and, you, and it's fun to watch them in order be fun to just put them on at a party without the dialogue, just have them on, and some groovy kind of Mad Men music. And yeah. Just have it on. It'd be so cool. But mine, to, For to answer your question, I think it is Dracula, and it's the 1958 The version. first one. Oh, the purest one. Yes. I'm a purist. That's the classiest answer. Yes. It's you know, a great that's one. Me. <laughs> You're so classy. I'm so classy. Well, that was mine, too. But, yeah. You know, the Technicolor, yes. um, that all the blood. <laughs> the that, music. That the blood, that the, nail polished blood. The nail polished blood. The Mac, opening I'm credits. just calling out to you, Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not allowed to do that, but Mac. Probably some kind of copyright um, infringement. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but <laughs> I knew I'd spoil things, but Mac. Now yeah. we're being sued. So yeah. <laughs> For advertising. 
<laughs> but anyway, everything was so original in yeah. in that film. I mean, you know, people had seen the, you know, was it Universal Dracula yes. and these kind of really ugly, you know. I'm sorry, Boris. Is that Boris? <laughs> Bella. Is it, you know, Bella Lugosi. Bella. Bella. You're but Bella shaming. I am. I'm sorry. It wasn't nothing. But Bella. anyway, yeah. the technicolor, the music, the costumes, uh, the set decoration, everything was so hammer. Yeah. Everybody had those sideburns, like those big crazy sideburns yes. and fluffy hair. And we haven't even yes. mentioned the, the the hammer women. Oh, They're, hammer women. Oh. There was always these beautiful women in these films, and that was the thing that I remember being a boy. Um, <laughs> That's probably why I forgot. I never, I, I never even noticed. I did not care about the women at all. <laughs> well, there was women in Hammer films. Uh, I always consider Hammer the three Bs, right? and it's not my bra size, unfortunately. <laughs> that would be the three Ds. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you can say anyway. I think you're just going to get a lot of fan mail. Oh, God. <laughs> I could have been in those films. <laughs> but um, blood, boobs, brains. In Hammer films, there's always some kind of brains. Peter Cushion is right. getting True. a brain out of somebody's head. Or it's in a like, jar. Or it's in a floating jar. Floating in a jar. <laughs> Dracula, there's all this, you know, blood, blood yes. and heaving bosoms. <laughs> and heaving bosoms in even the later films. That they had, you know, with Raquel Welsh and, you know. Yes, um, that's another Hammer yeah. film. Yeah, that's, 1 million BC. Exactly. Right. You know, but wow, I, I really did not notice the boobage did not. when I was younger. <laughs> but the, the and these women breathe hard. They do. Yeah. They breathe. And they bend and over those, a little bit. Yes. <laughs> you know, and the boobs just kind of rise and well, fall. Because the blood trickling down their neck fall. into the cleavage was always like a Yeah, yeah. you've got to be able visual. to clearly see the area. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, clean blood against the... And, and Christopher Lee, you know, he had in those contact lenses mm. that were hand-painted. Yes. These, those really great Dracula eyes. They were probably really painful. <laughs> yes. And he probably couldn't see out of them. He's said, probably really he bleeding from he, his eyes. Yeah, it was real blood. He said he couldn't even see, so that's why they needed those big boots. Give <laughs> <laughs> him this, you know, but no. A bigger canvas. But a bigger right. canvas. I'll, I'll say canvas instead of boobs. <laughs> it's more polite. That's going to be the name of this episode. Boobage. Boobage. <laughs> the Hammer Film Legacy. Hammer boobs. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny, 1 million BC, what does everybody remember about that film? Boobs. And it's Raquel Welch. <laughs> everybody had that poster. Mm-hmm. And, but that's an interesting one, because it's a, it's, a, it's a prehistoric monster. It, it's got dinosaurs in it, which is yeah. not really accurate, because people and dinosaurs never lived at the same time. Depends on which Bible you choose to right. believe. Exactly. <laughs> But Ray Harryhausen did the dinosaurs in dinosaur that movie. Days, they would not be alive. I mean, they would have been wiped out instantly. Dinosaurs oh, yeah, yeah. would kick their asses. <laughs> dinosaurs would have won. And then we, I, and I have to put in a vote for the dinosaurs. <laughs> there would be dinosaurs sitting here now doing this podcast. There would be. And they'd probably be taking oh, better wow. care of the earth. See, we've got an environmental they, message with this podcast also. They definitely <laughs> would not be bashing Bella Lugosi. That is for sure. <laughs> they, no. <laughs> They wouldn't have eaten him, but they would not be bashing yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Burke's the... trying to be serious. Yeah, guys, come on. Come this on. is serious. Be, be serious now. <laughs> By the way, I'm just here to mess things up. <laughs> Say something British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be some sort of British Dracula thing you can say. Yeah. Be British Dracula. I beg your pardon, but can I bite your neck? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, jolly good. Jolly good. <laughs> and then she would say, oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> For my next piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are some other... We've talked about Hammer, Amicus, and, uh, and Doctor Who. What are some other scary things from England? We know they have scary Other things than in me? England. 
<laughs> That's why you ran here. It was so scary yes. there. But Europe has such a history. You know, when you think about the the things that we have as our horror tropes in American films, like mm-hmm. you were talking about the Universal films, uh, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein both take place in Europe. You know, exactly. there are all these European locations and the ruins and the castles. And so Europe is, has got this ancient history that we always consider, mm-hmm. we always think about when we think about gothic types of horror but aside from italian horror you don't really think about you don't really hear much about like french horror or you know or <laughs> contemporary <laughs> french horror that was like, an evil well passion. contemporary french but not horror. then no um and with england you know you think hammer films and the amicus films but what else does hammer have like a i mean does england have something other than hammer that you can think of, like more recent filmmakers. I know there's a, a resurgence of Hammer. They've done these sort yeah, of reboots. Yeah, I was just about to say that there's a resurgence with big stars, yeah. bigger stars. Well, at least the stars they used in the Hammer films were big stars. And they were big stars to British people. Yeah. Maybe not the American audience. Maybe they weren't eventually. as recomm- Yeah, they eventually were. Yeah. Um, but Hammer was the beginning... And I, I'm not saying the end, but it it started all of this. There was nothing like this before Hammer films. Mm. Of course, there's a lot of, you know, scary because scary things and scary stories and yeah. scary places, you know, or spooky places because England's so ancient, Europe's yeah. so ancient. So it's it's you know even my primary school was from, what, the 1600s, 1800s, <laughs> and we had stone stairs that we went up to that people, when they fell, would break bones because right. it was like solid stone that had been carved out. And, wow. you know, it was a very spooky old place. And ghosts um, and hauntings and things like yeah. that are everywhere. So, so maybe your... it's almost a gra- taken for granted, yeah. you know. They don't need yeah. horror films because... You can go to the Tower of London and hear all about these beheadings. Exactly. That's true. It's just a country soaked in blood. It really, really happened. And going back to the Hammer films, um, you know, a lot of the films with Vincent Price where he's torturing some poor maidens. Right. You know, and... The witch films. Yeah, the the witch films. Tell um, our listeners about your your doll story. Why don't you tell that story? Because it's a really good... And it's so British. Like... Your little British <laughs> moment. Yes. Okay, everybody quiet. Lauren's going to tell us a story. Clear a British the, moment. Clear the children A British from moment the with Lauren Simon. All right. Once upon a time, on a lovely little street in London, southeast London, was a little brownstone from the 1800s. Well, anyway, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> I was already story. engrossed. I'm like, this good. <laughs> um, so, anyway, I was born at home. Um, in London, England, um, in a very old uh, brownstone mm. type of house um, that had an attic. It had a cellar. Um, it also the bathroom originally was outside at the back of the garden. Cause that, wow. That's how you know it was from I think the early eighteen hundreds. Uh, my my bedroom was a huge room on the. Third floor, I believe, and it had a big fireplace in it and very big old windows. Um, so anyway, that's the atmosphere. Um, so anyway, we had a cellar, and all the kids' toys were to be kept in the cellar. We had bins that, when we weren't using our toys, the toys went in the bins in the mm. cellar which was down next to the coal room where in the 1800s the coal man used to bring coal and drop it down a chute um, and you'd buy your coal and heat your house that way. So right. it was in that room where the yeah. coal used to go. Anyway, That's a great place for children's toys. Isn't yes. it? Oh, right. <laughs> no, it's like great thinking um, <laughs> mom and dad. Go down to a scary basement next yeah. to the coal and the fire. <laughs> go get your toys. So what yeah. is... There were no toys. <laughs> 
So anyway, there was a light in this room. Oh, good. Except <laughs> in a lot of these old houses, you have to go into the dark room and pull a string that's hanging down from the ceiling in the middle of the room. So I was always too scared to do that. So I would just kind of throw my toys in the room. I'd open the door a little bit and throw the toys in, hoping they'd make it into the toy bin. Um, it was also at the back of the house, dark. Nobody was usually around that area. It wasn't an area we frequented. So anyway, at Christmas, one, one Christmas, I'd asked for a doll that I could feed, that, you know, wore a nappy. <laughs> and I could feed it milk out of a bottle. Um, and my mother and father chose not to get me that doll, so I made my own. So I put a hole in my doll's mouth, and I made my own nappy and tied it onto the doll. Um, but I only put a hole in my doll's mouth and oh. put a hole in the other side, the other oh. end. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I have Kids my... Kids don't know how that works. No, yet, I had no clue. <laughs> the right? plumbing wasn't quite fully right. formed in your head. Yes. So anyway, I put this hole in the doll's mouth and I fed it milk mm. out of a little bottle that, you know, from, from another doll or something, another toy. So I got bored with this toy I th and I decided, okay, I'm going to throw it into the cellar and I'm done with this one for a while um, so weeks and weeks go by and I decide oh you know I think I'll play with that doll so I make my put my brave face on I go down I open the cellar door and I stick my hand in and I'm reaching around in the dark because I don't think I ever did ever go in and turn on the light you know, at any time, I never walked all the way in to turn on the light. That's so sad. So, I know. <laughs> so I reached in, and I found the doll. And I thought, oh, my God, I got the doll. So I drag it out. I hug it close to my chest, and I run away from the room like, I made it alive. <laughs> I'm alive. And I have the doll. And... I start feeling like like something's tickling my neck and something's tickling my arm. And I'm like, what the heck? This, something's tickling me. And eventually I pull the doll away from my chest and my neck and I look at the doll and I'm like, I'm looking at it and all of a, I'm looking at its mouth and all of a sudden, out from this hole I made in the mouth pops this white worm this maggot and then out pops another maggot and out pops another maggot and maggots just start pouring out of the dolls oh. and half of them are already on me because I've been hugging the doll right. for at least five minutes so I look at my shoulder maggots on my shoulder maggots coming out of the doll's mouth Darwin yeah. can tell you're upset. That is Darwin. horrifying. Hey, that Darwin. is the scariest thing I've ever heard. We gotta make this yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> the scary basement that no child well, will go in. All their toys. Are what in. would be the hammer name for this film? Oh, that's a good idea. Maggot doll. <laughs> That'd be more amicus. Yeah. <laughs> maggot doll. The doll terror. that dripped maggots. Doll of terror. Oh, the be... doll that dripped maggot. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's it. We're gonna make a key art poster of that. Yes. <laughs> But That's yeah, the name so, of the episode. Oh, I just love that. So <laughs> yeah, never pour milk into your doll's mouth and not make a hole at the other end, or right. leave the milk in the doll's mouth and put it in a dark, dark room in a house from the 1800s. Right. Can you imagine what that room uh, looks like? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, so horrifying. And parents out there, when your children ask you for a doll that has that you can feed, just get the doll that they can actually feed or they'll make some a hole. sort of cleaning process it or something. Yeah. Hole in both ends. And, she'll, and make a hole in both ends if you don't. <laughs> That's so hard. That's terrifying. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Thanks. Dad. Thanks for that memory. Should we? I think we should end the episode on I that story. I think that's story. a great hammer a good place to, story to, to end on. Hammer wishes they made that film. They yeah. do. I bet it's been in films. Has to be. Has to Maggot be. Maggot doll. Right? Oh. Come on. Well, the new Hammer can make this film. New Hammer. Yeah. 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 You should do a poster for that. You should do a poster. I'm afraid. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see that poster. <laughs> I don't Somebody hold me, Kathy. <laughs> I have to make it look like that. The lady in the acid. It's got to be really over the top. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us. 
Lorna, will you come back sometime and talk more about other things? If you still have an audience. Yeah. If, we have... <laughs> if anyone's yeah. like, I'm not ever listening to this podcast again. <laughs> yeah. what, what's this rubbish? <laughs> rubbish. It's rubbish. It's bloody rubbish. I would be glad to. Did you have yes. fun? I did. I, I was terrified, but it kind of went with the whole thing of yeah. like yes. Hammer Films, little women with triple D's being terrified. <laughs> We're going to make sure you know that so you get more fan mail. I keep saying triple D's. I'm not trying to have anybody call me. I'm not. No, I'm That's what her, her online dating profile just says. Yeah. She said lots of responses. Hey, I, think, I think we should all come up with our own hammer names. That's a good idea. And mm. um, yeah. Anyway, I'll shut up now. <laughs> right now my mind's spinning like, oh no, there's so many good ones. I can't think of any. I know, What's I do. your hammer names? Hammer names. We'll, come up. we'll do that on social name. media. We're going to post our hammer names on social media. So you're right. going to have yeah. to go to our social media at twitter.com slash podcast pod. Podcast. Pod. Never mind. Don't look for us. <laughs> Cinemondo pod at Twitter. The Cinemondo podcast on all other formats. You know, Facebook, Patreon. What else is there? Instagram, Instagram, slash Cinemondo Podcast. And plus just the regular website we have, which is really cool. Cinemondopodcast.com, and Mark has a blog on it. Yeah. We'll be putting our poster there with the maggot doll. Yeah. You have to go there to see it. Terrible well, that's, idea. We should wrap it up then. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. This is Cinemondo signing off. <laughs> <laughs>